1: Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm relieved. I'm sad. I'm happy.
0: I'm uh, all these things. Mm-hmm. This is the a sort of uncertain state of emotions at the end of any Premier League season. Now, how do you take this? Do you? Are you sad
1: to see the season come to an end? Or or is it a mix of yeah. emotions like me? It's a mix. you know, honestly, I wasn't sad um yesterday or in the lead up. i, I was I was really looking forward to it. I mean, partially because i I didn't have a great season or at least I didn't start off playing that well. Um, and, yeah, you had a
0: great end to the season for sure,
1: um, but I, but you know, the lead up wasn't was not so hot. And um I you know, I just feel like, I was just, I was you know, doing the podcast is, uh, you know, as much as we love doing it, you know, it's a fair amount of work. Uh, And so I was really like, oh, great, two months off, fantastic. Uh, But then today it was like hopping online, like going to our Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh, God. Like it's just three months of transfer speculation ahead of me. Just (laughs) like endless, stupid transfer speculation. Like where is Mbappe going to go? Is Antoine Griezmann going to come to me? Like it already started today. Like what's going to happen with Arsene Wenger? And I – I don't know. I know that I can be able to resist a lot of this stuff. I don't have the self-control to not read transfer speculation.
0: I think I saw the tweet today that's saying it was 60% certain that Griezmann was going to Manchester United. And I thought, perfect. That is the perfect percentage for (laughs) this time of the year.
1: So I'm a little, you know, I am a little sad for it to be over. But, I mean, what's great about it is that it's... You know, unlike in the Premier League, where you know you kind of have to, you need to have money, and you need to have you know um, an owner willing to spend it, and you need to have young player, whatever. Like you need, you need to not be in the Europa League next year, or whatever. Like it's it's a clean slate for every fantasy manager. You get three months off, or you know, let's say two months and change, right? Because you start tinkering in July, right? Early July. Uh, because you, you know, li- 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 three months off before the season starts, and it is a clean slate next season, right? We all start in a, in a four million-way tie for first place or, <laughs> or last place if you're a glass half-empty kind of person. Well, this I guess this is
0: my what makes me sad. I was talking about this with our friend Ben, who was a co-host during your paternity leave, and also winner of the the private always cheating league this season. Congrats, Ben. I was saying to Ben, the end of the season, it's, it's less sad that it's, it's nine months of fun that comes to a close. What's sad is we have accumulated so much knowledge and FPL power over the last month, and now it is completely useless. It's gone, and like you're saying, we start with a clean slate next <laughs> season. But that also means we we know nothing,
1: right? If anything, that knowledge hurts you next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have
0: formed by bi- formed biases over the last nine months that will do nothing but hold us back next right. season.
1: Right. So uh, this is the last episode of the season uh, for at least two months. So we saw today if uh, I think the the fantasy. Um, twitter feed said that the 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 league will relaunch the fantasy league will relaunch uh the week of july 10th um and given given how they how they did it last year probably like the last day of that week so like july 13th or 14th or something like that uh so when that comes back they've got to
0: get the uh, day glow colors just right for the the next relaunch
1: yeah and so we'll do some big reaction pod there and uh, I remember been really excited about that one last year. And uh, if, you, if you look back, I, I actually made one good prediction this season, which was that I, I was all about Zlatan. I thought that uh, 11.5 was way too low of a starting price. I thought he was going to be fantastic. Uh, and until he was injured, he pretty much was, right? I mean, he was arguably the, the top striker in the league this year. Yeah, until it was. Until kind of came out at the very end.
0: Yeah, I feel like, and, and I was on the other end of the spectrum where I just predicted sort of an MLS cameo uh season for Zlatan for me somehow he managed to do both at once in that he he just showed how great a player he is he just sort of strutted around the field for Manchester United all season before he got hurt he would pop in a goal here or there and he did yeah I think he was at the end of the day worth that huge price tag
1: I remember Luke Luke Thunberg on Twitter I remember him predicting that Troy Deeney was going to score more points than Zlatan this season
0: well, yeah, you know, Luke Luke is a smart manager, but he's he did, he clearly wasn't right there. So yeah,
1: he still finished like 100,000 spots ahead of me. So, you know, <laughs> sure sure will be okay with one incorrect prediction. So, um we're we're going to run through the uh the top of the uh, always Cheating league um and we're going to answer some kind of, you know, season recap sort of like what do we think about these players and what do we think about next season and just uh, a lot of questions from from listeners of the podcast and um and, and that's that's pretty much it. So, I mean, if you're if you're, you know, nerdy enough to to keep listening when the season's over, then this is the podcast for you, because we're going <laughs> to kind of go through every in and out of the season that was. And, uh, yeah, and, we'll and try to make it less a victory lap and
0: more more a real sort of educational podcast in in light of the nine months we just experienced.
1: Yeah, not not too educational. It's a uh, scary yeah.
0: word. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing checks I can't catch. Is that <laughs> it?
1: Uh, all right. So um, first things first, uh, not that we need to talk about this too much because the season is not over, but you had a pretty strong last game week of the season, right?
0: Well, I I scored 88 points in game week 38, which is exactly 100 fewer points than I scored in game week 37. So if I look at it that way, it <laughs> seems kind of shocking. But with a game week average of 58, I... Uh, I felt pretty. I mean, if I scored 88 points in any given week, um, I would be beaming. That would just be huge. It just so happened this was one of those vintage game week 38s of the season where, particularly the first half of all those fixtures, just goals flying in every 30 seconds. We were um, at the bar with all of our friends and they had every fixture up on TV, uh, save Spurs Hull because. There was a certain political figure trying to give a speech in Saudi Arabia, which was a strange thing to interrupt uh, Championship Sunday. But we digress. Um, so it was a lot of fun, and to end up with eighty-eight points and and a Harry Kane hat trick, um, was enough for of you to
1: like? it was enough for you to win um, your personal, uh, our, our, our our private head-to-head league, and you finished second in our. our overall or you know our, our, our other mini league as well so yeah second place in our big cash
0: game. league uh eked, eked it out uh in our me and josh in our personal head-to-head i eked it out on overall points we ended up tying on uh wins and draws and i ended up winning our private cash head-to-head league against our good friend trevor which is my big it's my biggest money haul ever in fpl so overall great season feels good
1: and I finished on uh, 104 points. I was happy with that. Uh, I ended up making up about 250,000 spots the last two game weeks. I finished just outside the top 100K, which was uh, slightly frustrating. I mean, honestly, I think if if David De Gea had just started uh, the last two fixtures of the season, I think I would have finished in the top 100K. Unfortunately, I got those... Uh, well, I didn't get him for the second game week of the bench boost, and then I'll, by the way, when we listen to this in like two months, all of this like <laughs> drilled down talk about second game week bench—it's all going to sound ridiculous. Uh, so I finished on like one hundred and seven, you know, one hundred seven thousand or something like that, which, given that I was at you know one point five five million in game week twenty three. Uh, feels like a pretty good accomplishment, right? I picked up 1.4 million spots, absolutely, um, in the last 15 weeks, and uh, I also won the Showstoppers uh, League, our head-to-head league. Uh, I, I, nicked Siraj. I actually, I said I was going to wait until after the, I said I was going hey, to wait until the Super League to do this, but uh, I was, I'm too excited. So, um, <laughs> but it was it get, really, get it really it t- get it out there. T- took a lot of luck. I mean, I, I don't know if it was luck or not, but. Um, I, everyone sort of came through for me right at the end. I got a I got a Ben Davies goal and uh, uh, Lorente. I uh, had a, like basically like a tap in with a couple minutes left in that game. Uh, when I arrived when points. I arrived
0: in the morning at the bar uh, and we were comparing teams before kickoff, you were checking out Siraj's team and you're like, oh great, we both trapped Captained uh, Harry Kane, and then I had to point out. Oh, it looks like Siraj actually triple captained Harry Kane, and the look (laughs) on your the look on your face was, oh, I've just lost.
1: Yeah, that's how I felt. I mean, when Vincent Company scored in like the fifth minute, and then I was like, okay, like that kind of neutralizes. As long as Harry Kane doesn't get a cat trick, I'm I'm okay. Uh, And you know, lo and behold, he did. Uh, But what a what a weird end of the season for Kane, right? Seven goals in his final two games. Um,
0: Unbelievable, twenty nine goals. It's he is. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about our heroes of the season. But I think he he easily walks away as pro, as probably easily the best player in the game this season.
1: Yeah. I. I, I yeah. Well. Though, I don't know. I think there's some debate there. But let's 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 before we get there, let's talk about the um, actually let's get into the health specifically before we do. Brandon, do you want to um, mention one last time the uh, the offer? Uh,
0: Yeah, so we've got a great deal for our Always Cheating listeners. Our friend Jamie at Fantasy Football Magazine is giving us a special deal. You, the listeners, of always cheating. It's 25% off of a print magazine subscription. The inaugural season of Fantasy Football Magazine kicks off next season, right? I think in July they're going to start cooking up their first issue, and it's 10 issues at 21 pounds plus shipping, you get the print subscription, you get invited to all their special FPL mini leagues next season, and there are only 10 discounts available. So to get the 25% off print subscription, go to fantasyfootballmag.com alwayscheating. And I put a link to that URL in our podcast show notes. So if you're on your phone or on your desktop, just go to the show notes and you can click to go right to that deal.
1: That's right, and we don't actually get any money out of this. Uh, we just we we'd like to think that occasionally we can we can pass on a good offer to people who are listening to the podcast. So uh, fantasyfootballmag dot com slash always cheating. Now on to the Hail Cheaters Super League,
0: and we should point out they ship worldwide. This is not an American magazine. I think they're based in the UK, but they can ship anywhere in the world. Yeah, so- exactly.
1: I think they have an American distributor too. So. Uh, all right, uh, hail Cheater Super League. Should we start? Should we work from 10 up, Brandon? I mean, this, this
0: will be the most dramatic reading of the Super League all season. That's right. Uh, because once we get to number one, that's it. That's the the final number one, the winner. You, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll start. So 10th uh, place, locked in, it's Aswan Raj with his uh, squad Red Snout, finishing with uh, 2,406 points. Ninth place. Jingming Tan, Riamore 11. Eighth place, Banana Nose Maldonado, Matthew Greco's squad.
1: Yeah, well done, Banana Nose.
0: Have been a a very constant uh, presence in the top ten. Seventh place, Abdul Al-Mamun, finishing on 2,410 points. Sixth place, fan favorite, Mitch Maynard, BTSTU, 95 points on the game week. Fifth place, KVIG, Eisensen FC, that's Warrett Raxil's squad, breaking the century mark with 101 points in the last game week. Fourth place, Cesar Rodart's squad, Cess Boom. And in third, Kingings Mings, that's Darren Anthony Hay, uh, finished uh, with 2,442 points. In second place, there was definitely some heated competition between first and second. I feel like there was a little bit of back and forth. During the last month So Phil Bao finishes in second place His squad in Zagi Goal Heroes An even century mark on Game Week 38 To bring him to 2,462 points Phil ranks 75 overall in the world And in first place Drumroll Josh Anders FK Rick Layers <laughs> yeah, FC uh, 2,465 points rank 66 overall in the world Had 101 points on the last game week of the season. Well done, Anders FK. You're the Hail Cheaters Super League champion.
1: Anders also won the uh, hail shooters second half league, our Patreon league. So, uh, Anders, we're going to be reaching out this week to um, have you on a uh, future episode of the podcast. Uh, I was thinking you might want to be on for a um, maybe want to preview the team of your choice. Join us for a a team preview next season. So, uh, if there's a team that you like, and uh, assuming you want to be on the podcast at all, uh, keep your eye out for an email from me or Brandon.
0: And it better not be Real Madrid, Anders.
1: Yeah, it's got to be the—I I would love it if it was Brighton and Hove Albion. I, I really hope that Anders is such a huge uh, Brighton fan.
0: Oh, yeah, and gearing up to our to our team previews for early next season, we want to hear from all those fans of the newly promoted teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were a few Middlesbrough fans this year for sure. Uh, no Hull fans. I can't really remember any Hull fans on the podcast. You know, like sending us messages or anything like that.
0: Tom Huddleston is a famous—famously a fan of always cheating. <laughs>
1: Uh, And I I don't think you mentioned this, but Anders FK uh, finished uh, 66 overall and Phil Bao finished 75 overall. So uh, really impressive for both of them. Um, I have never I had never even sniffed the top 100, Brandon. Never (laughs) even never even felt felt the 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 odor of a top 100 finish.
0: Well, you finished uh, top 1500. uh, Yeah, 1530.
1: So just just outside 30 places outside.
0: Yeah, I ended up with an overall ranking of forty thousand eight eight uh, eight, which keeps my run going. I think that's five straight seasons in the top seventy five k. So I'm I'm nothing if not consistently sort of normal for a fantasy nerd. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and there was I, I know there's been some talk this you know on the um, uh, just online and and on uh, I know Nick Cummings is talking about this on the um, on the transfer hub website. Um, yeah, about how tough it is, you know, just with so many, so many, so much visibility now for these strategy sites and everyone kind of, it's kind of like when the poker boom took off a little bit and everyone sort of leveled up, you know, and there just, just weren't as many bad players as there were before. And I think if, if you're really, if you're playing for overall rank, it's always going to be kind of a struggle to, to really feel satisfied with your season unless, unless you just, buy, it, it takes a lot of luck, you know, but I think that um, you've got to break it down into smaller pieces, you know, you've got to join leagues or. You know, start head-to-head leagues, and I think you know we we did the playoffs for the first time in the head-to-head, and I would say it's on question, be a hit, right? I mean, you know, huge, um, huge. Hit. Uh, oh yeah, it's.
0: I think it's a hit because sometimes just the the random luck nature of the FPL game can act can work to your benefit in head-to-head, uh, where you could beat somebody who is you can beat the Anders FKs of the world any given week in a head-to-head. Whereas if you're going to go 38 weeks against Anders, he's going to he's going to kick your ass every time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's what we know this in America. You know, the playoffs are less fair, but they're more fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so sometimes you want I actually one thing I like coming from American sports, one thing I like about the Premier League itself is that it is so fair. I mean, OK, I know you like your best player to come down with an ACL rupture or something like that. But in general, you play everybody twice, once home and once away, right? And the team that wins the most wins. And there's, there's no, oh, we were in the Eastern Conference. It's not as strong as the Western Conference. You know, whatever. It's just you play everybody twice and either you win or you lose. I mean, this just ignores all the, like, socioeconomic factors, but.
0: Sure. Well, that's what makes uh, the Leicester story so great and sort of unimpeachable is that they, it, it becomes less and less a fluke when you look at, well, they played everyone else in the league home and away. And it's, it's unquestionable. They were the best team that season.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, by 10 points, right? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't have that fact memorized, Josh. (laughs) What? How many (laughs) points
1: did Leicester went by last year? Yeah. Was it 10 points? I think it was like 10 over Arsenal, which is crazy. Arsenal finished five. I think they scored five points more than they did last season. And they were still in fifth place.
0: It's funny to remember that Arsenal finished in second place last season. but I mean, the narrative around Spurs all this season is, um, runners, it's it, you, kind of everyone is saying runners up again, because Spurs were the only ones in contention toward the end of the season to win that league title. And whatever one remembers is they ultimately lost the title to Leicester, um, but they ended up finishing third, and you always forget that, which <laughs> no. is kind of crazy. Been a little
1: bit of a collapse. I mean, they, you could tell they were they were they're really you know focused on not make not collapsing again this year, right? Because I think they won their last two games. Like the aggregate score was like one hundred and forty to one or something like that.
0: Not to get too off the FPL track, though. But speaking of Spurs and like that progress that they made this season, where you know they came close again. But what what happened was they didn't have that same mental collapse. I mean, they came out and scored you know, a ridiculous number of goals in their last two matches. They're far from collapsing. What do you think they're going to do next season when, speaking of leveling up, like the likes of Man City and Chelsea and even Manchester United, assuming they hit the Champions League, are all going to be leveling up? And Spurs is going to be playing away from home at Wembley all season. I do... I just really wish I could see what the Spurs quad yeah. squad could do one more season at White Hart Lane.
1: Yeah, it's it's really too bad. I mean, you can't. Uh, I mean, they won with, with they won with enough points to win the league in many years, right? And it just they just happened to run into a Chelsea team that set a record for wins in a season. Yeah, um, not not overall points, but actual wins in a season. So, you know, what can you do in that situation?
0: The Spurs are basically the Carl Malone of the Premier League. They're among the best players, but they they just were in yeah. a generation in which there were uh you know the Bad boys yeah and, and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan.
1: you would think you know they might need to strengthen their their midfield a little bit um you know their sort of their central and defensive midfield, but other than that, I mean they certainly look like a team and maybe they need a little more squad depth too um I don't yeah. think that Vincent Jansen is the answer but uh yeah well we'll save all this for the, the our season preview.
0: Indeed. All right, should we take a break, Josh, and come back and and take some questions about about the season now past?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Same on podcast always shady.
1: Season recap, Brandon. Uh, we've broken this up into three different sections. Uh, we'll see how many we get to because we might just stop this podcast. It might just be <laughs> like the end of The Sopranos, and we're just gonna—it's just the <laughs> podcast is just gonna fade to black halfway through. Uh, Fat Gorilla says uh, he'd love a "What I've Learned This Season" uh, section, and instead of section, let's just say um, let's each pick one thing we learned this season. Can you can you think of one thing you learned this season, Brandon?
0: Absolutely. I have learned to that you live and you die by the low price bargain bandwagons. And I think I've touched upon this in previous episodes during this season. But uh, if you look at Nathan Ake and Etienne Capoue, these guys uh, were very low price and they enabled you to do great things with your squad when they were in form. I mean, and different things happened there. Capoue dropped out of form or sort of reverted back to his natural form and Nathan Ake um, got transferred out of Bournemouth back to Chelsea and I think because prices were so much more volatile this season I think we experienced this across the board but no more so than those low-priced assets That were huge bandwagons. And if you slept on them for more than a couple of weeks, I saw my team value suffer incredibly. So what I am taking away from this season going into next season is not to stay away from them because they're great assets, but you have to be incredibly nimble with these players to get them in on the rise and know exactly when to cut them off at the knees when they they start to when they start to have diminishing returns.
1: Uh, I think that is uh yeah. I think it's a great point. I, I think you, I think one of the reasons you had such a good season is you were I think you I think you were at your most at your most ruthless this season. I think you really were willing to 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 cut players and 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 bring in players that you'd previously dropped, and uh, I think it made a big difference. I it's think a
0: real yeah, it's a real hard thing to do. And I I remember I think you remember there was a week a couple of weeks back to back where I basically oscillated between Lukaku and. Zidane, and uh, not Zidane, <laughs> wouldn't it be wonderful if I had Zinedine Zidane in my FPL team? Uh, Zlatan. And for some reason, I was able to see it, see the forest through the for the trees with the higher price players. But you've got the, the bench players, um, the low price bench players, and you forget about them. Uh, but you're right. Like that is, that's moving to a mindset, that ruthless mindset that will really serve you if you're trying to graduate to from the top 75 K to the top 25 K. Yeah. I think that, I think that's,
1: yeah, I agree with all that. I think, uh, if I were to, um, add my own, uh, I think it's that, uh, being stubborn is the surest way to screw up your own season. I think that, um, I can think of two examples, uh, one with an expensive player, one with a cheap player. Um, the first one is uh, with I think it was around game week eight or so is when I played my wild card um, and I was debating between Eden Hazard and Alexis Sanchez. And I went back and forth, and back and forth. Uh, and, and they're about the same price. Uh, Hazard was a little a little cheaper, uh, although his price was was rising really fast because he'd scored like 23 points against Bournemouth. Um, and so I ultimately went with Hazard and didn't go with Sanchez. And that was right before Sanchez went for like 50 uh, in this in this home game against West Ham. Um, and Hazard kind of blanked. And I thought, you know what? I think I bet the wrong horse here. I really should just move from Hazard to Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do it. And another week goes by and I didn't do it. Another week goes by. And suddenly, like, I just, I, I just didn't want to admit that I'd made the wrong move. And... I feel like that cost me like 50 points on the season, just not making a move that I, I could have easily made at several different points over the, over the course of those game weeks. Um, and the smaller one is, uh, I bring in junior Stanislaw when he like inexplicably, <laughs> and now he scored like three goals, three games in a row. Like that. so and He like, It fell out of form, right? Just like ended up on the bench, like didn't, didn't play at all. And then he got injured. And, um, and so, you know, he's this kind of cheap player. He's a hard player to move. And, you know, lo and behold, like, Josh King starts, like, taking all of the goals that Stanislaw was, was scoring. And uh, week in and week out, he's performing incredibly well. And I just, like, didn't want to move from one Bournemouth player to another. It, like, I didn't want to, like, admit that I, I bought the wrong Bournemouth player. And so I was making, like, all these other moves to my team and, you know, just pr- moves I didn't need to make when, I you know, and I had this non-playing midfielder who was, like, my fourth midfielder. And I just didn't want to admit that... That I, I, a lateral move to another Bournemouth player was the way to go, and that cost me like another thirty or forty points.
0: Right? Yeah, so, do you think that every goal that Junior Stanislaus scored at the end of the season was directly directed squarely at you? Like, what if <laughs> if the goal he scores in what what was it like the first minute of game week thirty eight? He pulls up his shirt to reveal a like a "Why Always Me" um, <laughs> undershirt that says yeah. "That's for you, Josh it, Landon."
1: It, it did feel weirdly personal, I have to say. <laughs> Um, I,
0: I, have, yeah. I have a question. I have a question for you. Going to going back to your story about um, oscillating between uh, picking, keeping Hazard or, or or picking up Sanchez. I've been thinking a lot about toward the end of the season, guys like Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne, and these are these are guys that if you look at the stats charts, they're just like way up at the top of just point getters in the FPL. But they are so divisive. They will be very sporadic. And if you take them, the long view, you're like, well, if I have Hazard and KDB in my squad all season, I'm getting all those points. Um, But for whatever reason, we just were never considering KDB midway through the season and Hazard. He's just so up and down, like when he's hot, he's hot, and when he isn't, he's, he's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So what, what's your theory about these high-priced midfielders that take up a lot of team value, but if you hang on to them, say, for all 30, 38 weeks, you reap some reward? I mean, you do give up a head-to-head advantage. Yeah,
1: I guess— yeah, that's an interesting question. It just takes a lot of courage to to wait it out that long. I mean, especially because you know, I mean, these players, and I don't have any like data here, because I'm just kind of going by my, my my sort of impression of this. Uh, these players tend to score in bunches, you know, and and they're, they you know it's like peaks and valleys of form. So with Hazard, you know, if you're really lucky, you get Hazard right before he starts to you know, explode if you're pretty lucky you get him after his first big game week. And then <laughs> and then if you if you waited until after that after you know two big game weeks in a row or one, um by the time you bring him in it's gonna be over again. You know, and you're gonna have this eleven million player for six weeks where he doesn't do anything. Uh and looks like he's trying to get Jose Mourinho fired again. So <laughs> I think that <laughs> Um and the same has been true of Sanchez and the same was true with Mesodzo last year. I mean Mesodzo, you know, finished as one of the top point scorers last season, but you know anyone who's playing the game knows that from, you know, something like game week 23 to game week 33, uh he didn't do anything, right? He had like, yeah. you know, one or two assists, no goals. I mean just completely fell out of form. Um and so, you know, you look at the end of the season and you see that he's one of the, So it doesn't, you know, it, the way that the points are distributed doesn't seem like you could just hold on to those players, and they they get injured too, and so there's, there, I feel like there's always ample reasons to get rid of those players.
0: Right, right. Next question is from our friend Taishi on Twitter, is asks, "What was your worst transfer of the season? Does one immediately spring to mind for you?"
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Frenchman. Um, the French. Oh, uh, Johan Kabay. Yeah. Yeah, Johan Kabai, who I also held on to longer than I should have, uh, mostly because I was annoyed that people were giving me grief about it, and I was like, "No, I'm going to hold on to goodbye. Uh Screw off." I, I think you know. I, I don't know if I was sleeping much around that time. I don't know. I don't know why. Why I thought Kabai was a good idea, uh, sort of. Well, it, I think it, it was the same out. trap you fell into
0: with James Milner. Uh, I think a lot of people, the the, the promise of a PK really. Messes with FPL managers' minds, right? Because Kavai right. at some point in the season was on PKs, and James Milner, as we know, like a PK legend, except for the last one he took this season. And you can you can justify hanging to Kavai because all it takes is one slip up in the box, and you've got a guy like Wilfred Zaha in Crystal Palace who can win you a you know a penalty, a match, right? Well, After that probably factored yeah. into your thinking a little bit
1: i think it did i think it was i mean i knew it was a punt you know it wasn't like he was that expensive uh yeah i mean like i don't know what it says about me that i was like so inclined to take a chance in these like white you know central central midfielders who <laughs> don't score from open play uh I, I don't think it reflects well uh so i got i gotta analyze my own bias here yeah you, you're you're unpacking a whole lot right there Joe. Uh, what about you
0: brendan what's yours it It's a weird one for me, and uh there's some recency, but I think it it's spelled out the, right there in front of me. but Jan Vertongen uh, he was a swap uh, out. I swapped out uh, Ben Davies, and I brought in Jan Vertongen on my wild card. and there was all this chatter online for so long they, you know, they were writing country songs about the return of Danny Rose. And it never came to be. And Ben Davies turned turned from a risky proposition, a temporary band-aid, to this incredible asset. The last three game weeks, where yeah. um, Jan Vertonghen, I brought him in. He was more expensive. He was next to Marcus Alonso, my most expensive defender. And I didn't get a single clean sheet from the best defense in the league. And uh, ben Davies was rattling in assists, scored that amazing goal in game week 38, and right. I had him in my in my possession. And I thought I was getting rid of a risk and bringing in a sure thing. Yeah, and that, that one. That not
1: stemmel- Yeah, that cost probably I think 12 points. And yeah, you might have finished in the top 25k, but you know, I mean, you can always, <laughs> you can, but you can always think. I mean, I ended up finishing eight points off third in our mini league, as it turns out uh you know that's that's incredible. one that's one goal and three bonus points
0: yeah it it really is incredible so that that one's a weird one i'm sure if i went way back into the logbooks i'd find some other regrettable uh transfers for sure i mean i think joe allen i brought in joe allen during the like I missed that run that he had, and then you just become a guy who has Joe Allen on his team, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, okay, let's 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 keep it going here because this could be like a three hour podcast if we're not careful. Uh, Ian Davis says, uh, "What were your FPL highs and lows this season?" I like we did, we, did, we kind of just went to the lows, didn't we? Yeah, what, what I can highest? tell you the, the
0: highest high I had was getting off the plane, flying back from Scotland there after uh, the first fixture of game week two. It was Manchester United versus, uh, I can't remember if they were playing Stoke or somebody like that. Yeah. And I I, I had Luke Shaw, Zlatan, and uh, David De Gea, and I didn't know what was going on in the match. And as soon as I booted up my phone when we landed at LaGuardia, um, I saw I had like 42 points. Uh, and that was that was amazing, and I, I that that game week I think set the tone for me the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I remember. The, I actually had those three players too. Although I I, I think I had Captain Agüero the next day, but that was that was that you, it was kind of It was a weird. It was easy to get excited about Man United then. I mean, their season was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, I guess Man United fans have to be happy with the season because you know they're in the upper League final. It Looks like they're kind of set up. Better for. I mean, Marcus Rashford makes them feel good. I mean, there's always that feeling with Mourinho. Like, are you really going to be happy with this guy long term? Because he's just so um, Crazy. he's so. Well, I was going to say defensive by nature. Uh-huh. You know, his instincts are, are reactive, right? Um, and that can be not too fun sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean when Zlatan was informed, that was just a fantastic, really fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, he was in form, and Pogba was just sort of like all promise. So you're yeah. seeing a guy trying to fit into a new team, a new league. He's right. such an exciting young player, and in, and they were at the start of the season. They were all promise. I remember watching some uh, game with you early in the season, and you turned to me and you're like, "Could they win the league?" And even. I mean, it seems crazy at this point, but
1: it seems it seems at least it's possible. Possible t- yeah. And uh, the one thing I will say is, if I were Luke Shaw, I would be running to to sign with somebody else. I mean, there is nothing but misery for him in the future. At Man United. Oh go, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: you're telling him something he already knows. He's I'm sure. Like
1: twenty one years old, right, or twenty two, whatever he is. Like, go. Go to Spurs or go to wherever, you know, like I, I, he's, he's not going to have to drop down, I don't think. I think he can make a lateral, especially as a, you know, as, as an Englishman in the Premier League. And, you know, they're, they're, it's always because of, you know, financial or whatever they're, whatever they're called, but F.A. rules, right? You need to have some some homegrown players in your team. So I think that, you know, Liverpool or um, I don't know. I mean, fans of these teams, well, would all probably have their own opinions about this, but it seems like he could fit in in another big club. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: But just getting back to Ian's question, I think my low uh, thinking about this is when Lukaku had his four goal game, and most people had him captained, and I did not. And I think I I had a big red arrow that week.
1: Yeah, I have talked about a lot of my lows already. I think the high for me was kind of a cumulative thing. I think I I finished with like fourteen fourteen green arrows in my last sixteen game weeks and. I, like, I, I wildcarded a bit early. I think I wildcarded around game week 30, maybe. Um, maybe even earlier than that, 28, something like that. Um, and uh, I'm so glad that I did, um, because <laughs> it just made the season a lot more fun for me. And I yeah. felt like I was breaking free from that kind of trap of, you know, doing it the same way everybody else was doing it. And by everybody else, I mean everybody who's, like, on these forums. And I, I know that the right way uh to do it was that. I mean we've talked about this endlessly already but um this feeling that like I was like oh like I'm like gaining points and um you know I uh I'm I'm winning head to head matches I mean, if you're in a head to head league wild carding early is like a no brainer. Uh mm-hmm. if your if your team's not going well uh or if your team's not doing well I mean you can just pick up you're just going to have something better better players than uh the players who are waiting to wild card you know and so I ended up going on a huge run in both of like many of our mini leagues um as a result of that, so um, you know, so yeah, I think that was that was definitely the high. Just this like feeling that like I hadn't lost it, you know, that like just whatever I, I, I do, I I think this, you know, I hate to even say this because it sounds so um, like such sour grapes, but I, this really feels like my unluckiest season. I felt like I, a lot of the movies I made really blew up in my face, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think I mean I, I, I've blamed the baby before and being more tired, and I'm sure that was a factor, but um i feel like i thought a lot about that it was not to to be at 1.5 million when you were thinking about the game as hard as i was i mean talking about on the podcast every game week um it was crazy like that you have to have some bad luck for that to happen because um it wasn't like my team was a team full of like crazy differentials or something um so yeah so that that was that was the high was just coming back from from that and feeling like okay i actually know how to play this game and (laughs) and pick up points
0: that's your sea legs back
1: yeah exactly
0: all right, uh, Dave Aston on Facebook says, Only one thing left to be decided. Best FPL asset over the season. Sanchez, the obvious one, but for any others, make a case. Ollie, Sigurdsson, Kane, Heaton. Uh, this is Dave speaking. My vote for FPL player of the year, though, is Pickford. What a hero. I mean, I can't dispute the Pickford shout. I mean, this is a guy who, despite all odds, was... was Bringing you six points while still letting in, you know, three, four, five goals. <laughs> yeah. you know, a match. Um, but who gets your vote? I mean, I, are you going to go a big heavy hitter?
1: How about a, maybe I'll split it between Allie and Erickson. Uh, yeah. How much fun that. it was this year to to have either one of those players. And and then when we all realized you could just have both of them. And then every game week you were just getting like 10 points from both your, you know, from both uh, Spurs midfielders. Uh that was you that know, was it's, that it's, was it's, it's, my kind of MVP. I'm gonna split it. So yeah, and Kane Kane, you know, obviously helps with that as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was a there was a window in the season where Big Rom really just had the mojo. And you felt really confident going into almost every game week with Big Rom that he was gonna at least get you a goal. And I know he had trouble away from home. But there was he was more fun this season. Like I feel like he he did as best he could to shed him his Trollkaku status. Now he, in the end he wasn't able to fully shed himself of that.
1: <laughs> no. To
0: get a late but, goal, if he if
1: he had missed that penalty in the Arsenal game, that would have really been kind of the final straw for him, right? Yeah, he would have been branded Trollkaku forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Dave's shout at Ed Sigurdsson. Um, I mean, yeah. Sigurdsson just wasn't able to really keep it going. I mean, he was on a, a really challenging squad, but I do feel like he shined this season as just a really class player and a great FPL asset. Any Josh King, any, too. yeah, King, right up there. I think you'd put King and Sigurdsson in the same category. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said at the start of the podcast, I walk away with Harry Kane. Um, is the man but I think that's that, that as a premium player's go but I I do like this idea of, of cheap guys like cuz guys like Jordan Pickford they're the guys that make your FPL squad actually work. You need sure, sure. you need these guys to 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 balance the books as it is. So but but yeah, Kane for me.
1: Okay. Um, Jeff Petter has a, a bunch of different points here. I'm just going to pick uh one
0: before, um, before we get to Jeff Petter's point, though, we'd have to thank him for our new uh, profile pick on yeah. Twitter where we're supporting the amazing <laughs> t-shirts that Jeff put together for us.
1: That's true. I'm so, the in case anyone's curious, I'm the short guy and Brandon's the bald guy.
0: <laughs> there we go. We both have our we both have our beautiful features.
1: That's right. Uh, so Jeff uh, says, "What gained or lost you the most?" Uh, Baines of Coleman is one that sticks in my mind as a guy. Like I kind of forgot about James Coleman, right? <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Did. It was yeah, so such long a huge ago season for ago. A while. Yeah. So what what gained or lost for what was your best move? I guess is another way to put it.
0: Uh, I think Sadio picking up Sadio Mane when. Um, Coutinho went out injured I think you saw that Liverpool midfield was kind of in doubt there was a I'm trying to figure figure out what the timeline was Coutinho got injured and basically broke up the the just like bullet train that was Liverpool right and then Mane went away to African Cup of Nations and I think it was right when Mane came back there was a conundrum of which Liverpool player to bring in, and Mane wa- was a differential uh, in some ways.
1: It was before he, he was picking. Yeah, he would end I, up picking. I hear him. You. you don't have to yeah. explain it any further. We all know Sadio Mane, yes. <laughs> you ever heard of <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's, I'm trying to think if I hit any early season ones. I mean, the first half of the season seems so long ago now. Uh, I guess I'll just go with Ben Davies because I I got on him uh, really early and uh, he was just such a such great value. I think I got him at four point seven million. And uh, I I felt like with the exception of only like one or two game weeks, the last 15 weeks of the season, he was just fantastic.
0: Jeremiah Johnson says three, five, two formation. Hindsight. Was it the way to go this season or should it be a greater consideration for next? I played three, five, two. After my wild card, I, I think there's a shout for Anichibe at one of our questions later on in the podcast. But um, it really worked for me. The three five two. I don't know that I would want to play it all season, just because I.
1: It, 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 it forces you to rely on Capoue goals.
0: <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's it feels like a little bit more like balancing a bunch of spinning plates. The three five two. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just so. look at
1: the you look at the twelve points I got from uh, Lorente in the last game this season. You know this this six million third striker, and it was just it, it was it was twelve easy points, right? I mean, the kind of like to, but to get twelve points from a fourth midfielder is so difficult, you know. Or I, I, I just feel like uh, I, I'm still committed to the th- three four three. God help me, have mercy on my soul. Just- Something that really defined this season for me
0: is how um, form players were so sporadic. That if the form was fleeting, it would come and go. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think that benefited the 3-5-2 thinking because you could chop and change in your midfield, and there were more options
1: for midfielders than there were for strikers this season. Yeah, I I, I guess I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. I, I don't know if there is a definitive answer. If you feel like, if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like you have a— some kind of statistical analysis of this. I don't even know how you. Well, I mean, if you're able to do statistical analysis, you know how to do this. But I don't know how to do this. <laughs> um, about whether the three-four-three or three-five-two is, or, or some other formation, maybe five-four-one is uh, the way to go. Well, the thing to say is
0: we don't know. There, at the beginning of uh, last season when Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy just emerged. No one would have predicted that. I mean, some people. What I'm saying is, the beginning of next season, you don't know who's going to immediately emerge, and maybe there's just going to be three must-have strikers right out of the gate, and this three-five-two conversation will be but a memory.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the the there the, are the, 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 the unique conditions that really, especially when Charlie Austin got injured, right? That like really opened the door for three-five-two because there just there was not a great third option for a while there. All right. Andy Lakeman
0: on Facebook says thoughts on this year nightmare predictions for next. I'm winning it. <laughs> uh, so on the scale of on on the scale of one to ten, where ten is dream season and one is complete waking nightmare. Where do you mm-hmm. fall on this
1: season? Like a two, maybe <laughs> yeah. like it was a hor- it was a, it was a truly horrible season for me that was redeemed. Uh, at the end, but I mean, to, to finish us at the top hundred K is really disappointed. Disappointing uh, to not to not cash in any of our mini leagues, which um, yeah, doesn't you, usually for me ca- that often. you usually that's, get
0: cash in the mini leagues. So yeah, a-
1: so that was that was not fun either. To actually pay money at the end of the season was <laughs> not, not anything I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like a a two. I mean, a two maybe maybe I, I was going to say like a three, but I think two just because of the bad luck I had this year.
0: I think I feel so. I feel I, I fall onto like a seven point five. I feel like it was overall a pretty good season, but it was a lot of work this season. <laughs> I feel like every week you're having to keep up with some yeah. sort of injury news or rotation doubt. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was it was, a, it was an interesting work. season.
1: It was an inter- you know from a it was a fun FPL season. Just my my personal season did not go that well.
0: Yeah, you unique if nothing. Yeah, else. I
1: enjoyed sure. doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're
0: moving on to the next section now josh which we
1: have dubbed i'm curious all right, let's take a quick break first
0: Same old podcast always
1: section two i'm curious fpl conundrum says uh anyone you guys would like to see in the premier league next season and maybe an estimate of their price uh let's each pick one player Brandon. is there one player you want to see
0: well, one of my great disappointments was putting uh, American young hero Emerson Hindeman on my bench the first week of the season, only to see him disappear into the Scottish Premier that League. That was
1: so risky. I, I still can't believe you did that. <laughs> it would not have taken that much for him to come on and, and get you zero points. <laughs> yeah, well, no, what because he mean, wouldn't have come on, but just to, to, to have zero points. It's true. I guess that
0: shows like the hubris that you have going into game week 1. Sure. You're just you're just all about you, it it seems more fun than yeah. you're you're so much more innocent.
1: I feel like it was like only it's like, like two
0: seasons going into the trenches of, in the song. Like <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Oh, this will work."
1: I feel like it was only like two seasons ago where I had to go like 3 deep in my bench like the first game week of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I'm, try, I'm trying to not go the route of uh, Antoine Griezmann or Mbappe, right. but more sort of, I don't know, just fun people I'd like to see in the league. I mean, like Christian Pulisic, another great young American player who's yep. crushing it at Dortmund right now. DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, DeAndre Yedlin is going to be back in the Premier League uh, with Newcastle. Apparently one of the best backs uh, in the championship last season so we'll see what sort of funky haircut he can come up with when uh when they're back in the prem.
1: yeah what about i you? think yeah i mean i was thinking about mbappe my concern with him is that it could turn into an anthony marshall situation where he just uh i don't know he's too good not to play though right i mean he like you he he i he saw I, I, there was some cover in him he's like well I'm, not, I'm like you know i'm not um i don't have to move the season because i want it wherever i am i want to play and yeah. i mean he's only 18 but this guy's like you know I mean, the way can they're talking see- about him, it's like you know, one of the he's going to be like a you know, Ballon d'Or winner in the next couple of years.
0: So Liverpool seems like the most natural move for him. in Champions
1: League football. No, um, I, I don't think he'd go to a club. No, no offense to Liverpool managers, but I, I think uh, I think for him, it's like he moves to Real Madrid or he just stays at, uh, right. or, okay. you know, like or like maybe Man City or something like that. But uh, you know, it's like it's got to be like a club that's in the like that's like that can actually win the league next year. Or the, win the Champions League. With the or the so run right.
0: or the run league,
1: right? Or both, I guess.
0: Okay, so any anybody else you're you're keen on? How much do you think Mbappe would cost though if he came to the
1: FBL? That's an interesting question. I think like he would 10? cost ten. Yeah, ten seems about right. Nine point five, ten. Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like anyone. I mean, I I do follow the other leagues a little bit, but I I just don't have any any strong opinions i, uh, I feel like
0: a team like arsenal has kind of ruined us for rejects of la liga so um mesut ozil and alexis sanchez they've been fun players to watch but because they've played at very sort of dour teams like arsenal i feel like like a guy like james rodriguez i I'm I'm wary of the narrative that brings yeah. into the
1: Premier League. Yeah, Hamas Rodriguez would be kind of interesting. I know that uh I mean, can you see him going to a club like Chelsea. Like yeah, yeah he can play al- he could play
0: alongside Pedro,
1: another La Liga or <laughs> yeah, region. So take a spot more likely. Uh all right, so Stevie Sunshine says um it'll be interesting to see how they class wing back uh, wing backs next year uh if they stay as defenders Um, And it kind of ties in with a comment that uh, Kent uh, uh, Obey-Bong says, um, which is that uh, now that every team will play a 3-4-3, that is, every Premier League team will play a 3-4-3, 3-5-2 next year, uh, how will this affect our choices? Will the FPL classify uh, Moses, uh, Alex oxlade chamberlain and Milner as defenders, or Alonzo et al. as midfielders? I mean, to me, Milner has to be classified as a defender next year.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, because Liverpool more or less played four at the back. Right. Very traditionally, uh, Milner was playing a defender. And it reminds me of, um, I mean, when we get to the wingback discussion, this is like the next level of the defensive midfielder discussion that was surrounding guys like Eric Dyer a couple seasons ago. Mm -hmm. Dyer had been classified as a defender up through last season. And he played sort of alongside uh, the Victor Wanyama role. And this season, they classified him as a defender, therefore nullifying any value that Eric Dyer had in (laughs) the FPL game. March March on Fantasy Football Scout said something interesting. I know he's kind of instrumental in this thinking. But he was saying that this classification structure, the FPL should think about it in terms of what can you do to make any FPL player more appealing to bring into your team right so it's right. a
1: great great way to put it
0: yeah so it's like what do you do to a guy like Victor Moses to make him more appealing to to place him into your squad and I think you would argue you'd make to make Moses a defender makes him more appealing cuz yeah. with all the midfield options in a team like Chelsea those, Moses was not the one.
1: It's not like Moses scored 14 goals with 10 assists this season, you know? I mean if you make him a defender, uh he's maybe not even still the Defender you'd want in that squad right I mean as A 5.5 million Chelsea defender maybe um, If he's at 5.5 At six you know I don't know Like it's, it's a little pricey for a guy who can't Score you know <laughs> But <laughs> I but mean If Alonzo, you do that to, you do that to Moses
0: Yeah, yeah right you, you, onto Alonzo you have to Keep Alonzo a defender
1: Alonso could have a crazy price Next year if he's a defender like 7.5 Million
0: yeah I mean well, Baines, Baines got up to that price Bracket at some point
1: yeah, I mean he was on Penn, so I guess that did change things a little bit. But I think seven—that's my prediction. And that was what Vincent Company was a couple of years ago. I think seven for Alonzo sounds right. I've got no problem
0: with this. Maybe we need to change our way of thinking. The defenders have have got the short end of the stick for too long. You guys have been paying yeah. too little for your right. defenders. And once again, I'm if
1: sorry. you're if you're listening, FPL website site managers or whatever, uh, one, we want to have you on the podcast. Look us <laughs> up. Uh, and two, we love you. And two, replace the outlet attack with a double defense chip. I want those double D's. I want. I want. I want five. I want five defenders in the back. I want. I want my. I want my keeper. I want. I want. A, I want the chance for twelve clean sheets in one game week. I love that the
0: big takeaway that comes out of our newly coined "I'm curious" section is Josh saying, "I want those double D's."
1: <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, uh, "Cheap keepers are the way to go." It seems, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I was. I'm like newly converted this season. I started the season with David De Gea. I've I've always played it very safe with the with the keeper position uh, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just like getting in a sure starter and looking for clean sheets. And Pickford and Heaton uh, were just MVPs this season. Cheap. Great save points. A number of clean sheets, especially for Heaton.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, we saw with De Gea down the stretch. I mean, the one thing about having cheap keepers, too, is that the team typically needs them to play. There's no rotation with a cheap keeper, right? Because you need to stay in the league or you need to pick up points or whatever. Uh, But if you are... um, You know, uh, a top keeper, then you're at the risk of rotation um, for, you know, like with the Europa League or just because, like, I guess Marine just doesn't want to play De Gea anymore because they're going to trade him in the offseason. It didn't actually hurt them at all, which is kind of crazy, right? Like, they kept two clean sheets without him. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't really want to talk about it, but what is the weirdest lineup you've
1: ever seen that Manchester United... No, how did it work? I, Where do they find these people? I have no, I literally didn't know half the players in that <laughs> lab. I and mean, I'm not a Man United supporter, so I, I'm sure they know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's that's our I'm curious section. Let's move straight into extra time chat. These are our final questions of the season. Uh, James Vicali says, uh, this season no was No relation. Fun. Uh, this season was fun seeing Josh discover one of the best perks of having kids, blaming things on them. Uh, that's very true, and I look forward to keeping that going. You might have to have a kid, Brennan, just so you can blame any FPL <laughs> <laughs> bad luck uh, that you have next season or in the seasons to come on, on your baby. I might, or maybe I'll just get a second job, and I can I can blame uh, blame. Even my right baby. now, as as we pod, I've got this monitor oh. to my left, right, and I'm, I'm watching the baby sleep. It's I'm I'm still, you know, I, it's, okay. I'm so that's distracted.
0: what? Well then if I get if I get going, if my wife and I get going right after we're done recording this podcast, I've got right. it's gonna take us nine months. That puts no, us No, no, but
1: the whole time she's pregnant, you're allowed to blame that too. Oh, it's very oh okay, so yeah, I can actually stressful. make this my,
0: make this a reality yeah. for the start of next season. Okay. Yeah, let's make this happen. All right, let's wrap
1: this up. Uh Richie says, uh initial view on game week one, uh must have players. I know it's very early and no fixtures or price. Uh, Rishi, it's too early. I can't. I can't even begin to think about next season yet. It's gonna, it's uh, gonna stress me out. Like I, you need, you need things to end so that they can begin again. This season needs this Ragnarok, Brandon, so that <laughs> so that we can emerge anew at the start of next year.
0: I, I have an answer for Rishi though. Uh, you, you're gonna start Griezmann, Mbappe, and Gabbiadini. That's your front front three.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Gabby Lee yeah, is going to be the top
0: scoring forward next season.
1: Uh, I think Anthony Marshall gets reclassified as a forward and scores 50 goals next season. He might get classified as a wingback now. Uh, George Owens says, How do we best prepare for next season? Uh, I think you got to sleep, right? Pick up, <laughs> yes. pick up catcher's ease. You have to make
0: yourself right, George. You have to be happy with who you are as a person outside mm-hmm. of FPL. Yes. Be your best self. And then when the season starts, it's not its not an all or nothing proposition.
1: And if you're an American, this is your chance to sleep in on Saturdays. You got to make the most of that.
0: Yeah. As our friend Stephen Schaller said, it's time to hit that farmer's market.
1: Um, And... Uh, TJ Crane says, uh, "This is more of a okay. This is a question, but we're going to turn it into a, a call for the listeners." Uh, he says, uh, "Players to consider for our teams next year from the new teams entering the Premier League. Uh, this is okay. Obviously, Brendan and I can talk about um, you know Newcastle a little bit, but if you're if you're a Newcastle supporter, a, uh, a Brighton Hove Albion supporter, or a supporter of you know whoever wins between Reading and Huddersfield Town." Um, hashtag you
0: know, never reading.
1: Reach out to us because uh, we'd love to talk to you about um, either writing something for our website or maybe coming on the podcast um, to talk about those teams next year. Because I think a lot of people are really curious. And um, I know that, you know, just when you and I um, uh, met up with uh, Danny Bean, uh, our newest Patreon supporter a couple days ago, he uh, was was talking about Sheffield Wednesday. Sadly, didn't make it in. Uh, an incredible amount of depth, you know? Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he was saying to,
0: like a guy like Forestieri was first in his in his 15 uh, at the yeah, start exactly. of next season at Sheffield yeah. Wednesday made
1: it. We actually had one news. Uh, Adam McAvoy uh, is actually the newest Patreon supporter, so thank oh, you. Adam.
0: Sorry, Danny. You're no longer number one.
1: <laughs> uh, and Brandon, that's that's it. Any final thoughts?
0: Uh, my final thoughts is this has been a very fun season for Always Cheating. I really have a special place in my heart for our listeners. We Everyone is so enthusiastic and helpful and fun to chat with. So thank you for listening and being in touch and making it worthwhile for us to do this pod.
1: Um, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Um, Sorry if
0: I made you cry, Josh. There for my
1: <laughs> No, I was just, I was, I was just. Uh, it's very dusty in the room, Brandon. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it was kind of like down the stretch. We, we got so many nice comments. that was like it, it felt. It was like it was hard to believe. You know, like I was really like wow. Like I, I was just. I couldn't believe that people were so. Um, uh, or so we talked about this a little bit when we uh, had Ken Rooney on the uh, Patreon podcast, but, uh, it's, it's just amazing how, um, how nice, uh, everyone, um, like almost with, with almost no exceptions is, um, to us and how appreciative people seem to be that of us for doing the podcast. I mean, you know, even with the Patreon thing, it's not like, you know, we don't, we definitely don't do this for the money. Uh, you know, it's just something <laughs> no. that we do. We do, we do because, uh, cause it's fun, fun to talk about this stuff. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll be back in uh, in July. My ultimate though.
0: takeaway from that, Josh, though, is that always cheating isn't big enough yet because I'll know when always cheating is a huge uh, monolith of FPL when we actually get nothing but hate mail. <laughs> that's true. That's a, that's a sign of true yeah. success.
1: Yeah, so so keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter. We'll update uh, when when new podcasts come. Uh, please uh, stay subscribed on uh, iTunes, and um, you can still you can find us on Patreon. I certainly understand if you don't want to become a Patreon supporter for a couple of months still, but uh, we'll be back in July with new Patreon features. If you have any suggestions for um, you know for for new um, sort of benefits for being a Patreon supporter next year, uh, please send those to us and. Um, and as Brandon's at the top of the podcast, if you are interested in getting a fantasy football magazine delivered to your home, uh, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm subscribed. I yeah. can't
0: wait to get my first issue.
1: So you got a fantasy. I fo- paid full price. You did. Uh, FantasyFootballMag.com slash always cheating. Uh, and then you get access to a 25 uh, percent off uh, discount.
0: And I'll put that hyperlink in the show notes of this podcast. So you just click to the show notes on your phone or your desktop, and there's the link right there.
1: Excellent. Uh, you can always find us on uh, Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, Facebook. We're Facebook.com/slash/alwayscheating. On um, email us uh, anytime you want. Even all summer, if you just want to check in and say hi, or if you're visiting New York um, and uh, you know want to reach out, uh, we are um, Hail Cheaters at gmail.com.
0: And if you think that your overall rank was at all improved by listening to "Always Cheating," I challenge you to go give us a five star review on iTunes, <laughs> uh, because that will, that will just that will help that will help us grow and help us be more awesome, yeah. and help us tell our our moms that we're a success.
1: That's right. Uh, oh yeah, and Brandon, uh, one final note. Um, I, I sent this to. Um, To Lila and Kate, our wives, uh, because I I was so excited about this, and so thank you very much to um, Alex Tesla. Uh, uh, Subject subject uh, to the email Uh, fans in Scotland uh, has said, "Hi guys, let you be interested to hear this story, which highlights how your pod is growing." Says I listened to podcasts in my car speakers while stuck in traffic. Uh, It was particularly hot in Glasgow today, and I opened the window around the same time as I played your most recent podcast. Uh, It was a very hot day. Uh, as your intro came, he's really emphasizing, because I, I think he doesn't think that we believe that Glasgow ever gets hot. Uh, <laughs> so as your intro came on, I tried to turn the volume down as I didn't want really to display my nerdiness to all passers-by, completely understandable, uh, but it was too late. Uh, I drove away embarrassed that I had drawn all this attention to myself before I heard someone in the street flapping his arms wildly, shouting, hail cheaters! Uh, I couldn't turn back, but I thought it was awesome that your pod is recognizable from the intro song and some of your voices. Uh, Anyway, uh, I guess the guy was to the pot, and I'm sure he would love a shout out. Uh, it was around 5.30 in Jamaica Street, besides the bridge, and he had ginger hair and tattoos. Uh so thank you, Alex. Thank you. That ginger. describes like about <laughs> five million people in Glasgow, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but thanks, thanks, Alex. And uh yeah, so the, that's that was pretty cool. Uh and anytime anyone even knows about the podcast who isn't like our immediate friends and family, we, we get excited about it still. Even after even after two years. So yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. Special shout out to Sam Vokes, Farfig Nugent. You did it. What a yeah. season for Sam. Looking yeah, forward to you next he's, season.
1: He's replaced Bembacane, really, as the mascot of the podcast.
0: What, uh, what do you think Sam Vokes is going to be priced at next season? Oof. Is he going to hit 7.5 I think with I, all these goals he scored? I
1: think he's got to go 13. I think he just start high, and yeah, his price Sam falls, Vokes, so be it. Yeah, hard 13. Hard <laughs> 13. All right, Brandon, I'll talk to you next season.
0: See you next season, Josh. Goodbye, (laughs) Mabakani.
1: Praise and say goodbye, Mbakani.